1: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dr. Brad Restituto. Seven years. Hand off. Damian Williams trying to get to the edge. Like to
0: tackle. 35-30. Damian Williams 20. Stage in bounds. City! And the snap
1: goes high over the head of Big Ben all the way back to the two to the one. And the Browns have it in the end zone. And they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown. Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone. A touchdown!
0: Derek looks left. Derek gonna throw for the end zone!
1: Cut! It is cut!
0: Welcome to the rest stop. It's April 15th, 2021. It's a Thursday, Brad Restituto, your host, Spencer Ostrowski with me as always every Tuesday and Thursday, nine to 10 o'clock Pacific time. If you missed any of the show live, make sure you check out the podcast version, audio version on any of the podcast platforms, Landry football conference calls where you can search it, the rest stop underneath there. And then watch us live on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football every Tuesday and Thursday. Give a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Brad the Believer, we post a podcast audio and visual version there and some other stuff on the YouTube channel as well. Good show tonight as we had some amazing basketball last night. We've got to talk uh, about the Luka, Luka Doncic buzzer, beaser, buzzer beater. This guy is incredible. Uh, he became a, pretty much a household name last playoff season with his clutch shots in the playoffs against the Clippers. He's done it time and time again. This guy, if he stays healthy is on pace to be an all-timer. I think he'll definitely win a title. Me and Spencer the Wiz will discuss. Luka Doncic at such a young age doing some amazing things. Uh, and if him and, and a healthy Christoph Porzingis along with Tim Hardaway Jr., I think this team can do a little bit of damage in the Western Conference playoffs. So we'll discuss that. Some more NBA action tonight as Steph Curry continues to go nuts. 30 points, and I believe in his last 10-plus games, the guy is absolutely insane. The Golden State Warriors are a completely different team without Steph in the lineup. What do they look like completely healthy next year? Or even an 80% Klay Thompson with an addition of a free agent or two, a pretty good draft pick, a healthy James Wiseman, Draymond Green. What does this team look like healthy possibly going forward? We will discuss. Uh, NFL draft right around the corner, Justin Fields, second pro day. I'm so tired of hearing the smokescreen of Mac Jones going number three. Spencer, the Wiz, I've talked about it week after week. Please pull one of my clips. I've said it the entire time. This is bull crap. Uh, Mac Jones, who has not been talked about uh, in months, if you go back 30 days prior to today, even further back, not one person on planet Earth picked Mac Jones to go in the top five. You can't find me one. You find me one. Uh, I'll, I'll donate $500 to charity right away. Any charity, of your choice. You find me somebody that before two months ago said Mac Jones was going in the top five. Show me something legitimate. I'll donate $500 to charity. I'll do whatever you want. Find it. You won't find it. It's not legit. It's never been talked about. It's never happened. Okay. So now you're going to tell me all of a sudden that two of the smartest football guys in the entire league, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, two guys I have complete football respect for. And I don't say that about a lot of people in coaching or front office positions. These guys I respect on the top of the list. I cannot believe in my mind anything logically possible, Spence of the Wiz, that these guys are going to trade multiple first-round picks for to move to the third slot to draft Mac Jones, who does not do anything extremely better than anybody else you have on the roster right now. Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo. He, he may be better, Spence. He may lead a team to a playoffs. He may lead a team to a title game. You're not trading multiple firsts to move up to third to draft Mac Jones. Quit feeding me this crap. Who's buying it? A lot of people are spent because this number in Vegas has gone from Mac Jones being the favorite for the third overall to now switching to Justin Fields. I have not bought it not one second the whole time. You're my witness. You've heard me the entire time. It's crap. It's not happening, but they still want to feed it down our throats. Whatever. I mean, if it happens – I can't trash two guys I have ultimate football respect for, not only for their decision-making, but for their football IQ. Do I believe Kyle Shanahan can plug any quarterback in that offense and be successful with a healthy roster around him? I do think that. I do think Mac Jones could be successful, but I don't think that two smart guys would so urgently, Spence, we're talking almost a month ago, trade into that third slot for Mac Jones. Like, what possibly bull crap could they have been buying from another team feeling like they had to jump that high to get Mac Jones? Just think logically with your brain for a second how that sounds. Think! Everyone out there, think how that sounds in your little pea brains that we're going to move two months before the draft all the way to number three because Mac Jones will not be there if we don't go get him. You know what you could have done, Spence? Someone they're in love with in San Francisco – the Kurt Cousins, right? Somebody already established and proven that in the right system can be effective. You don't think the Vikings would have took a sniff at three first-round picks and possibly more from the 49ers include Jimmy Garoppolo? You're telling me if you're willing to, to, to move all those draft picks, Spence, for Mac Jones, you can't give up one or two more draft picks or another player? For Kirk Cousins, you're telling me that's just too much? That's where we draw the line? We draw the line at three first-rounders and two second-rounders. Not three second-rounders, but two. That's where we draw the line. I'm not buying this. Not at all.
1: Uh, well, I guess the idea is Mac Jones is like the perfect system player. Like I, On his scouting report for me, it's a guy who understood the Alabama offense to a T. Every single play was in this guy's mind. He knew exactly where his receivers were going to be. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about it. He struggles with anticipation. Uh, Trevor Lawrence knows how to read body language on defenses, which is more advanced than you could ever ask for from a rookie prospect. So he's definitely not on the same level as him. Uh, you know, his athleticism isn't all that great. Well, I think he did run a faster 40 than uh, Patrick Mahomes, if that's worth anything. Uh, but he gets stuck on his first reads a little too much. But look, the idea is that Kyle Shanahan thinks that he can instill upon this young man the perfect system and just kind of have him run that for many years to come. And like that's who he wants. And Because if you're trading for Kirk Cousins, you're getting maybe three or two good years before the decline starts. With Mac Jones, if you're trading for him, you get more value out of him because he's going to be there for potentially 10-plus years. That's the argument that you can make for the 49ers taking and giving up so much for Mac Jones and not Kirk Cousins.
0: There's the voice of reason, Spencer Ostrovsky, in the house tonight, bringing a strong Spence before we hit the incredible NBA action of the last two nights. We have got a date here in Las Vegas where we broadcast our show where we live in Las Vegas, Nevada. The governor of Las Vegas, the governor of the state of Nevada, uh, Steve Sisolak, says June 1st is the target target date, 100%. In the state of Nevada, we plan to open up. We've already got hit with tons of tourists, tons of people already flooding back into the city, uh, enjoying the casinos, enjoying the city itself. The weather's pretty nice right now. But June 1st is the target date. We're almost a full go. Spence, uh, movie theaters, I don't even know if they're going to open back up. That's something that I miss personally. Um, Mm. When I was working before here, we had some clients uh, with my... uh, personal driving job that did nightclub appearances, nightclub music shows. We don't know when those are coming back. Um, I know they're back in small capacities with people doing some live music. Uh, I I knew someone that worked in one of the Cirque du Soleil shows. Those are are down for the count right now. A lot of those Mm -hmm. entertainment shows down for the count. We don't know when we'll be back. Musical residencies, we don't know the answer to that question. So there's still some things hanging in the balance. Spence, for you, is there anything that you're looking forward to or excited about the most once we get back to 100% capacity here in Nevada?
1: It's a great question. Uh, it depends on what's going to survive. I also love movie theaters. Uh, I'm a movie enthusiast. I like film. Uh, you know I have my YouTube channel. I do a lot of content about film, filmography, and I'm interested in one day you know, doing a little bit of filming of my own Uh, in every movie on HBO max is coming out on the app and in theaters at the same time. I can't imagine that's very good for movie theaters. I know they make most of their money through popcorn sales, but if less people are seeing movies, I mean, it all kind of works together. Right. Uh, So I guess I could probably put that at the top of my list. You can kind of do everything now just in smaller quantities. So it's not like there's something like I didn't go to shows all the time. I'm very much a, I'm more of a homebody guy, more of like, I just kind of work every night. So, My schedule hasn't changed drastically. Like, I go out to bars every once in a while with friends, but you know, we stand at the bar, there's no one near us, and I kind of go about my day. (laughs) I'm just not a a Vegas touristy kind of guy. You know, I I keep my head down and do my work.
0: That's Spencer Ostrowski. Follow him on Twitter at SpencerTheWiz. The rest stop, you can check out the YouTube channel. Brad the Believer is where you find it. Like and subscribe. We post the full podcast after the show on the YouTube channel in case you miss. Any of us live. Spence, let's get into the NBA. Uh do you want to start with tonight's action or last night, Spence? Your call. Uh,
1: we can start with last night. There's a lot of exciting stuff that happened. Yeah, let's start with last sure.
0: night. I'll run, I'll run down the scores of last night's game, yesterday's games, and then we'll talk about some of the highlights in yesterday's matchup because there was quite a bit of excitement in last night's Wednesday's NBA card. It was an early game, a makeup game for the Timberwolves, I believe, again. The Bucks they took care of Minnesota without Giannis last night. They beat the T-Wolves 130-105. Chris Middleton had 27 points last night, eight rebounds, seven assists. The Bucks are playing good ball here coming up down playoff time. The Cavs, they beat the Hornets on the road 103-90. and Prince, 25 points for Cleveland in the win last night. And here a lot of talk about this game, Spence. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, primetime game on ESPN. And... We, we, we've heard a lot about players sitting, load management. Uh, the Sixers win, 123-117. Kyrie had 37 points, nine assists. He was the only one of the big three that played. But we've already, we have already know that Kevin Durant was unlikely to play back-to-backs this year. So he played the game in Minnesota, did not play last night. James Harden's already dealing with a hamstring. He did not play last night. Uh, so, so what about the lineup surprised you? Kyrie played, but like you said, he sat the final two minutes. Doesn't make sense to me. I believe the Nets covered the number. A really weird game, but if you're in Vegas betting it, uh, you're probably pretty frustrated with that 123-117 score by the Sixers.
1: Yeah, so I, I did. They, they lost me my ticket yesterday, and I'm hoping to. Uh, I haven't gone on the back-to-back ticket losing streak this entire month, and I think that's looking pretty decent right now. Uh, but I did have the 76ers. And like you you kind of painted it out. It was the perfect situation for me. I have the 76ers minus eight and a half. They're up by 13 with about three minutes left. No Kyrie playing at all. It's just, it's troublesome if you're a 76ers fan. That's kind of the takeaway I took from last night. Everyone blows out the Brooklyn Nets when two of their stars are missing. Everybody. I think they've had one big upset. It was against the Phoenix Suns. It was a bit of a fluky game. But other than that, I mean, they get, they get crushed and the 76ers should have made a statement in that game. Like, Hey, if you don't come at us fully healthy or you you back off just a little bit, we'll take care of business because they weren't missing anybody and they kind of barely won that game and, and they're getting out, rebounded out, hustled out, outplayed in, in all sorts of facets. I, I'm out on the 76ers after last night. I know it sounds extreme because I won the game, but when you see something like that, you think of the long-term implications, And I think that's what that was.
0: Spence, I tend to agree with you. I don't think I can trust the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, In big spots or spots where they should really kind of make a statement, they seem to not do that. Um, To me, this is an example of that. I I don't trust them. I haven't trusted them for a couple years since. They lost that key series against Toronto where Kawhi Leonard, corner three, hit the rim about seven times and bounced in. I I just don't see the juice from the Sixers to make a long-term run. They got some pieces but I don't trust them and we'll have to wait and see. And Bede's playing great, definitely an MVP candidate, but I do not trust them in a seven game series to beat even in Milwaukee or Brooklyn. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of people had a lot to say uh, about the Nets lineup at prime primetime, but if you really think about it logically, the only surprising thing was Kyrie kind of sitting late in the game. Like you said, Spence, an eight point spread. They win by six, a little disappointing for the Sixers, especially at home where they've only lost five games this year. It's going to be interesting. Spence, did Ben Simmons play last night?
1: He did. They had a fully healthy 76ers squad in that game.
0: Yeah, and they put up enough points, 123. It's a pretty good score. Uh, Their lowest scoring quarter was the third and fourth quarter where they both scored 29. I don't know, though, Spence. There's just something missing, like you mentioned, and uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see if if they can hit another gear come playoff time. Uh, We talked about this game, Spence, the night before when we talked about some of the handicapping, kind of a meaningless game. The Raptors do get the win over the San Antonio Spurs, 117-112. Double-double for Pascal Siakam, 20 points, 11 rebounds. This game, Spence, the Pistons at home, everybody pretty much sat for the Clippers. I believe Paul George sat, uh, no Kawhi Leonard. Uh, the starting lineup was Zubots, Reggie Jackson, Trevor Mann, Luke Kennard, Patrick Patterson. I mean, Marcus Morris didn't play, Paul George didn't play, uh, Kawhi Leonard didn't play, but the Clippers still get, a, still get the win, 198.
1: Yeah. I think they're on a seven-game winning streak. Uh it came down to a game-winner, but the guy ended up missing it. I've said this all season long. The uh, Clippers have the best top-down to bottom roster in the NBA period. I mean, they have starting-caliber guys coming off of their bench, and it's going to come down to whether or not they can finally accept their roles. So many guys have struggled through their transition, like a Reggie Jackson, like a Marcus Morris, now it seems like they understand a little bit more. And it also kind of helps Ty Lue, like as the season goes on, and you don't want to play Kawhi Leonard and Paul George so much, to be able to lean on these guys and probably win a lot of basketball games that way. A little bit like the Lakers have had, but they don't nearly have as much talent on their roster, uh, you know, as the Clippers do. Now, is LeBron James and Anthony Davis better than Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Yes, but if we're talking about the regular season in particular, Clippers are much better set up to go on these winning streaks.
0: Spencer, I remember us talking about this next game, New York Knicks traveling to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. And I personally talked about the Knicks playing from behind, especially in the second half. Well, in the second half, they outscored the Pelicans by nine points. They win the game 116-106. The Knicks, 29-27 on the year. Julius Randle, 32 points, eight rebounds. He's just having a fantastic year. So is Zion Williamson statistically, 25 points, eight rebounds, seven assists but an underwhelming record for the Pelicans, 25 and 30. I don't get it. I don't think you can explain it. I have no idea how to explain it, Spence. Maybe you you can a little bit, but there's no reason that this team should be five games under five they They're way too talented. Zion's too unstoppable offensively. Uh, a career year for for uh, Lonzo Ball, shooting the three. I don't think he played last night, but Brandon Ingram and all-star Steven Adams, a really good player. There's no reason this team should not be five or six games above 500. How do you explain it, Spence?
1: Yeah, so all of their most talented players, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Zion, had no idea how to impact winning. Zion has a very long way to go. I just did a list. I, I don't know if we'll talk about it today, but Zion was number two for we'll me accordingly it. Yeah, if if we have a chance, he was number two, and I think that's the right place for him. Just because we've never seen someone with his physical frame, maybe ever. I think he's only like six seven, but he has like the power of Shaquille O'Neal or you know, of that kind of guy, and he has the speed of a LeBron James. So those two things together are gonna get you 37, 39 points, like almost on a regular basis now. It seems the only problem is he doesn't know how to like he's not a great passer. When he came into the league, everyone's like comparing him to LeBron James absolutely not he doesn't know how to read defenses and a lot of his passes are not crisp. lots of turnovers he had a negative assist to turnover ratio in his rookie year and now it's like three to two it's not really all that fantastic Is also not a great rebounder I don't he rarely has double doubles I don't know I'd have to go down the list but it's like six four seven very inconsistent they need a lot more from him and also he's just not a great shooter as well so It's going to be a while before he knows how to play basketball. And Brandon Ingram, another one of those guys who's just too quiet. Like They need more from him outside of his elite ability to score. He's one of the best, uh, you know, like Jason Tatum. He's like kind of on that level in terms of his bag and his skill set in order to, to do that. But not good enough defensively. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. So until they learn to play for each other, nothing's going to happen. And I also think their coach Van Gundy is garbage. And I don't know. How what even like their ceiling possibly can be under him like moving forward. they're a young team, but so is Memphis and Memphis is the a seed in the West. There's no excuse. the Pelicans have a significantly more talented team
0: Very an excuse dis- anymore very disappointing through 55 games Stan van Gundy. I-, I watched him when he was an assistant with the Miami Heat doing a fantastic job. he took over the head coaching position in Orlando, led them to the finals, did a great job with Dwight Howard JJ Reddick. Hito Turkoglu. Um, I don't know what's happening this year. Uh, Look, I know Van Gundy's been extremely outspoken before he took this job in politics and all the social justice stuff. I don't want to give him too much of a hard time for that, but I mean, it seems like he should have done a lot of talking about coaching because to coach this Pelicans team that's very talented, five games under 500 makes zero sense to me. Tom Thibodeau, on the other hand, a completely underwhelming, not as one of the I'd say the top ten least talented rosters in the league. Spence, would you argue that?
1: No, no. There's no. I don't think there's a lot of arguing there. <laughs> I agree.
0: And they're two games over 500, and they are tough out every single night. Thibodeau deserves a lot of credit. He's he's done it in most yeah. places he's gone. Good, Spence.
1: Yeah, no. It's just what they all. I like. Uh, well. On ESPN's top 25 under 25, R.J. wasn't even in their list, period, which is just blasphemous. This is a small forward, a great uh, vision on the court, significantly better than Zion. If we're going to compare him even in that class, you know, John Morant probably has the best of all of them. But you also have the Julius Randle, who is like seemingly unguardable at certain nights. The only problem that you worry about with the Knicks, like on a nightly basis, especially as you get into the playoffs, is Tom Thibodeau's coaching ideology, which is to play everybody 50,000 minutes a night. Julius Randle has like lost them game simply because he doesn't have the energy to, but I don't know. It's just like when you look in the East, like is the only reason they really can't upset someone in the first round. I would say even the 76ers uh, they're so gritty defensively. They regularly help keep teams under hundred points, which is like non-existent in the NBA anymore. And they're a team that plays for each other. Everybody has a very well-defined role. They never feel intimidated when they go up against someone, especially like the Brooklyn Nets. And, yeah, they're they're one of the more entertaining teams in the league to watch.
0: Spence, top 15 pick, Obi top, and he's averaging 10 minutes a game. What the hell's going on here? This, this guy is supposed to come in and make an impact. He's not getting any playing time. It's, is this guy not good, or is this just not how it works with it's Tim? It's embarrassing. Obi? I mean, it's, it seems embarrassing. Talk to me about this.
1: Tyrese Halliburton was right there. Like, I can't justify it. And also, Mikhail Bridges was available when they drafted Kevin Knox. I do the scouting, and I've been fairly correct about those two from now on. So I don't really understand what the discrepancy is. I think there's a very – to me, there's a very clearly defined skill tree. And the fact that they – Maybe they're banking on Julius Randle just not progressing, even though he's like, what, 24, 25 years old, 26. He's super young, so they're they're basically drafting for a backup position when they don't have a point guard period. Uh, Drafted a backup Luchina at it, their
0: best position, Spence. Drafted a backup at their best position. Another blunder. What I mean, the hell is going on? Julius Randle's a where monster. You dropped the guy in the same Where would they position. be
1: with Tyrese. Where would they be with them right now? They'd be in a completely different league. We're talking about a guy who could lead them for a long time. I had him in my mock draft. I thought it was an easy choice, but clearly uh they didn't think the same way I did.
0: Spence, that's a great question. Where would they be with Tyrese Halliburton? You probably can move RJ Bear to the two. Uh or three. And you yeah, and you've got a you've got a, a very good lineup and a deep lineup because you got quickly as well, Derek Rose, who's playing significant minutes, Alex Burks. Alfred Payton Reggie stinks. <laughs> I know, you You have you have Halliburton, Barrett, Bullock, Randall, Taj Gibson, you could put in, uh, you know. Mitchell Romans.
1: Robinson, Noel th- yeah, so well. has been playing very well for them as well.
0: Yeah, don't get it, Spence. Anyway, let's move on to the rest of the games last night. Uh, and one of the big trades before the trade deadline between these two teams, the Magic and the Bulls, last night the Magic get the best of Chicago, 115-106, Wendell Carter. All that one. Yeah, you did call that one, Spence. 19 points, 12 rebounds. Vujicic, 29 points, 11 rebounds for the Bulls. Uh, The Pacers coming off a back-to-back. They take care of the Rockets, 132-124. Malcolm Brogdon, 23 points, 14 rebounds. The Warriors, Spence, last night, 147-109. They should have handled the the Thunder. They did convincingly. Steph Curry, 42 points, 8 assists. Let's talk about Steph Curry for a minute, Spence. He's been on an absolute tear as of late almost single-handedly carrying this Warrior squad. They get another impressive win tonight as well over Cleveland. It's not against great teams, but the Warriors haven't been very consistent this year, so it's tough to say. Spence, I want to go through Steph Curry's games uh, since March 29th, just his point total. March 29th against the Bulls, 32 points. April 1st against the Heat, 36. The 4th, April 4th against Atlanta, 37. 41 against Milwaukee, 32 against Washington, 38 against Houston, 53 against Denver, 42 last night, and 33 tonight against Chicago. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight games over 30 points for Steph Curry. This guy is on a. We, we've known this. This is not. This is not breaking news. How amazing Steph Curry is! But he's turning it into another gear to come playoff time, and that is so fun to watch because if they have a chance to get into the playoffs and they just get some kind of contribution out out of the others. If they get something out of Andrew Wiggins, something out of Kelly Uber, who's been dog crap all year. Draymond Green hits a a few shots. They got a couple guys, Jordan Poole. um, I I love Eric Pascal. I don't know what his injury status is, but that guy can play. Uh, Other than that, it's a Steph Curry show, Spence. And I'm excited to see what happens the rest of this year, but I really want to see when my guy Clay gets back somewhat healthy what they can do with the band back together, because I think they can make some noise.
1: Uh, I actually have some highlights from these last few games, if you want want to show them real quick. Let's do it. I'm glad it was a back-to-back. The sense of urgency was there the entire night. Curry three. Why not? Exclamation mark. He is 38. Tip won't go. And there is Steph with the rebound. He is five short of the Warriors'
0: all-time record in scoring. And this pull-up, short. Too short. Too short. <laughs> He's too short. You know, when you watch the Nuggets here in this second half, they they really, you know, Monte Morris, Capzo, they're doing everything they can. You watch it. I'm not watching. You watch it. Yeah, you watch it. Look at that. <laughs> Because like yep. you're on him, he makes
1: a great move. It's like okay, tip your hat. But he he really frustrates you when he doesn't have the ball and you oh, lose. Curry it. three, all the dribbling, all the creativity. Keep playing hard. We're trying to finish strong, but Steph just the handle. He just dribble through the defense, nonchalant. The a walk in the park. The last just spin, <laughs> he dribbled through his legs to then. Justin Robinson getting his first playing time and gets into the books. Curry and. He's got 11 and he wanted
0: a foul. They'd never give him that foul. Wow. Great job there, Spence. Great job putting that little uh, bit together with Steph Curry. The last few games, man, this guy, six, three buck 90 at most Spence. And, and he's pretty much unstoppable when he wants to be. This is insane. We've never seen a guy this size be this incredible. I mean, maybe Isaiah Thomas, you can maybe Allen Iverson. There's less than five. You can name in the last 50 years. This guy is awesome. He's already a three-time champion, regular season MVP, Finals MVP. I, I, I don't know that the Warriors will be able to do tons of damage this year because it's just Steph. But I'm convinced when Klay comes back and they add another piece, Wigan, I'm uh, not Wiggins, uh, Wiseman with another year experience. I really am excited to see what the Warriors can do with Clay with Draymond, with Wiseman, with Curry, and then some of the depth with Eric Pascal, Jordan Poole, some guys that have got some significant minutes over the last couple of years.
1: If you want to feel extra disgusted, just know that the Warriors turned down a uh, – it was a Kelly Oubre for Spencer Dinwiddie trade this season, so that was a huge mistake by them. I don't think they ever should have kept the second pick overall as well. Come on, like build yourself a team. James Wiseman's okay. I don't think he's bad, but come on, like – you're wasting Steph Curry's prime years. You're not going to get this kind of performance forever, and rarely just in anyone's NBA career are you going to see someone shoot 11 for 16 from downtown. Wow. So what is this half-rebuild system that they're going through? It seems like there's so many options in front of them, and they opt to just not do them. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of issues, and also you're depending on them being healthy next season. If healthy, like everybody loves that churn, but you actually have to do it. Steph Curry's had ankle problems forever. We know Clay Thompson, obviously. We don't even know if he'll come back the same ever again draymond as well has had his own injury problems i agree with you like if everybody's back and everyone's playing well it's it's good but it takes a lot for that to actually you know happen but so you've seen this with brooklyn where they can't get all three guys on the court at the same time more than like three times this year
0: spence james wiseman needs to take a huge leap next year if he's going to be worthy of his second pick like you said not trading it away kind of half rebuild mode But what Steph Curry's doing right now, Spence, if you add an 80% Klay Thompson to that and a healthy James Wiseman, I don't want to face that Warriors team if we're playing hypotheticals here, the way Steph's playing right now. I mean, the dude is 6'3", and he's just – he's incredible. And we talked about how Brady elevates the play of the people around him. Steph does the same thing when he plays this way. And the Warriors are a completely different team without him. They can't do anything with him. I know they – it's not – very many impressive wins here in the last month. But when you're cruising past people in the NBA that way and him nine straight games over 30 points, he's feeling it right now, Spence.
1: Yeah. You can't, uh, you can't say like, you know, talk about about a player who's getting taken care of business. He's still doing it. He's still doing things that no other player in the league could do. I, I hope they do something for him soon, or I hope he leaves because I, I want to see him back in the playoffs every year. I want to see, Him fighting for titles, not just making the eighth seed. If they do this year, the only reason they're in the conversation is because of this expanded playoffs. Come on, man! Like, get this guy some help because he's got to be what in the top three, top four most entertaining players in the world, like behind LeBron, and maybe that's it. Or Luca, I guess you could probably put
0: in that list. Yeah, well, we'll follow it as it goes, Spence. They're gonna, they will have an opportunity to get in the playoffs this year. I believe that. And we'll see if if Steph has another gear besides what he's showing right now. If he does, uh it's gonna to be tough. I don't, I don't, I know that that it it doesn't matter who this is in, in this situation, Spence. It does not matter who the supporting cast is when Curry is playing like he is right now because the other guys will elevate and he's gonna be a headache for somebody. So I'm gonna be excited to see how this matches up. Now we didn't see Golden State in the playoffs last year. We didn't see a healthy Curry down the stretch he's healthy now he's playing great at the at the right time so it'll be fun to watch down the stretch and this is why we talked about it on tuesday this expanded playoff situation with the playing tournament for the fans you gotta love it i mean curry's averaging 30 plus points 50 you talked about 11 to 16 from three this guy's gonna be a problem come playoff time and like you said one of the most entertaining players in the entire world i want to see it come playoff time also last night Spence the nuggets 123 106 they get the win over the miami heat First game without Jamal Murray. Uh, Jokic has a triple-double. Michael Porter Jr. also had a a double-double, 25 points, 10 rebounds. Nuggets get the win. Wizards go on the road to beat the Kings, 123-111. Talk about fun to watch. Uh, The Wizards may have an opportunity for one of these play-in games. And with Russell Westbrook, Brad Beal, they're a fun team to watch as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the Wizards do down the stretch and if they have an opportunity to sneak in to the playoffs. Spence, the highlight of the night last night, Uh, Your Memphis Grizzlies, they blow a late lead. Luka Doncic at the buzzer, hits an off-balance three. He's done it again, Spence. He had 29 points, nine assists, five rebounds. But more importantly, the game winner, they edged the Grizzlies 114-113. Do we have a highlight from last night's game winner from Luka? We do, and it hurts me, but I'll show it.
1: Got to get it in. Here's Luka. Gets it away. It's gone! A Doncic dagger! He wins it!
0: he was stuck disgusting spence this guy's absolutely sensational this is not the first second third or fourth time earlier in the year he hit like a a 31 foot step back game winner he this guy is unconscious with with the game on the line we've seen him now do it not once not twice not three times but we're talking time and time again this guy is clutch and man, I talked. We talked about it last year during the playoffs. We've talked about it this year. Dallas hasn't blown anybody away so far this season, but come playoff time, I'm convinced Luca could take it to another level. I would love to see Porzingis healthy because I think he can score the basketball. Datchic is going to make Hardaway better. Uh, I, I don't. I don't like the move of letting uh, Seth Curry go. I thought he was a great addition to be able to shoot the basketball for, for Dallas. But who's going to step up? And knock down three point shots when Doncic drives the lane and kicks to an open three point shooter. I don't know that I have the answer to that yet, but Luke is incredible, Spence. We've seen it time and time again. This guy, if he continues and stays healthy, to, for me, he's going to be an all time great, and I, I have zero doubt that he will win an NBA title before it's all said and done.
1: Uh, it depends. I think if he if he stays in Dallas, I think he'll probably get one kind of the Dirk route. I think it's so easy to forget how good Dirk was legitimately one of the best NBA players to ever touch the court unguardable in that heat series. They were like massive, you know, dogs and that and he just they didn't have anybody to stop him. So it's kind of sad that he only got one championship out of that in his career. And if you look at the way that this current Dallas uh, roster is constructed, it's pretty disgusting. I like Jalen Brunson. It's why one of the Memphis Grizzlies to draft uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, J.J. Redick, I guess, is a pretty decent signing. But Maxi Kleber, is just he stinks. Uh, Powell is also just not very good. Tim Hardaway is not going to be the guy to lead you to a finals game. I mean, they have to shed these contracts over time. And it doesn't seem like they're going to. It seems like they kind of like the core. I think it's atrocious. And if Lu- Luca, if he plays next to just like one other all-star, Poisingas too also has to go. He's all right. But unless he accepts like a $15 million per year, not worth having on your team for all the health concerns and all just like the playing ability I do just in general it's not very good down the stretch of games and then there's just Luca who's carrying them I mean the impact this guy has you could put like trey young I would say on the Mavericks you could put John ja Morant they are nowhere near the playoffs I mean their roster is just awful <laughs> if that that's probably the best way I describe it it's not a playoff roster but he makes them that's how good he is and he's going to continue to do that throughout his entire career. He has a big passion for the game. He loves to play it. He sees the court just differently, like, you know, you see LeBron James does. I agree with you. I think he's going to be an all-time great and uh, just one of those – all it's just like must-watch television all the time. And it's just insane that Mark Cuban, it-, it fell into his lap. It almost seems suspicious.
0: Spence, if it's not Porzingis, give me three potential guys that could complement Luka – as a free agent possibly, or some kind of trade, give me three guys possibly that could complement Luca a- and immediately make them even more dangerous as his number two.
1: Well, I think if you shed Porzingis, the corrects, because it's, it'll be a cheaper option is Laurie Markadon. I think he'd just be, I think he's a better shooter from outside. So I think he would be able to kind of revitalize his career there, play very well. He needs kind of these stretch type of players it's kind of hard to say who else. I mean, maybe like a Malcolm Brogdon would be really nice or one of these shooting based point guards, Steph Curry, but everybody would love to have Steph Curry on their team. Right. Uh, As I'm going down the list of guys under 25 years old, Jason Tatum would probably be the perfect matchup for him. It's just hard to say because you can make this list, but the availability is also different. And I think in order for him to truly play next to a, a next Great would have to be in free agency. And we just don't know how loyal he is to the Dallas Mavericks just quite yet. So we'll have to wait and see.
0: Spence, I'm sure he watched the game last night. Is JJ Reddick getting run yet for Dallas? Is he getting some minutes or is he hurt?
1: No, he looked pretty good last night, too. A, A lot of good threes. He's always a liability defensively. Grayson Allen scored 30 points. He missed the, you know, the free throws to ice the game. That shot should have never even been in contention. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that's always been the problem throughout his entire career. But he is shooting very well for them. Like I said, this was the first year he shot below 40% from the three-point line since 2012. And he'll probably go back up to 40% at some point this season just because he's getting way better passes, uh, you know, on Dallas than he would be on the Pelicans.
0: Spence, let's go to tonight's NBA action. And I want to start off with the second game of the TNT doubleheader, a game that you were watching closely. The Boston Celtics, they beat the Lakers 121-113. They win by eight. Jalen Brown, go. forty points, nine rebounds. So, Spence, did you get did you get the win there? What was the line you got it at?
1: I got it at uh, six and a half. I got the Warriors minus six and a half in Boston, minus six and a half. They okay. So the Lakers had only scored seven points like early in the fourth quarter. So I, and they were up by twenty. That was going to be an easy win, but of course, all basketball games at the end are just so close. But a couple of free throws, you got to make your free throws. Uh, Celtics were able to do that, and I got the victory. You know, the Lakers. The way the reason I had bet this game, besides the fact there are only four to choose from, it was actually kind of difficult. Was the Lakers are winning games that are solid, you know, like the the middling teams, and which is actually really nice for them, and a little unexpected in the absence of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But when they place, you know, face a legitimate playoff team, they're getting blown out, and it wasn't exactly a blowout tonight. I guess you could technically say it was, you know, for most of the game, uh, and you know, it's what happened again. And Lakers are uh, not. Hard to actually understand from a betting perspective,
0: Spence. Do we have any highlights from tonight's action or just just scores tonight?
1: Uh, no, I got some highlights. Uh, well, I'll all right, first before, start...
0: before before yeah. you run those down, Spence, uh, let me go over the scores. They're all final now. The Suns beat the Kings 122 114. It was close until the Suns outscored the Kings 27 20 in the fourth quarter. Nice statistical, statistical game from DeAndre, 18 26 points, 11 rebounds from the former top overall pick from the Phoenix Suns. We talked about Celtics-Lakers. Celtics win 121-113. The Warriors do it again. They do it against the Cavs tonight, 119-101. Steph goes for 33 points, five assists tonight. And the Milwaukee Bucks, the first part of the TNT doubleheader tonight, the Bucks win over the Atlanta Hawks, 120-109. Giannis did play tonight. I think he had 15 points. Bogdan Bogdanovich for Atlanta, 28 points, seven assists. He shot uh, the majority of the shots tonight for Atlanta. But the Bucks get the win. Suspense, so if you got some highlights from tonight, let's, let's uh, fire them up.
1: What better place to start than Steph Curry, who uh, he, it's just he's on another level right now. He's even catching the cameraman off guard. <laughs> <laughs> They're not ours. Curry, another triple. You asked me how many he was going to hit. what I tell you? He yeah. said four. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Uh, so we can move on here. P.J. Tucker, I just want to highlight some of his defense because, you know, they're looking forward to that matchup with Brooklyn. I think P.J. Tucker's been be playing a lot of times on James Harden, and this is the kind of effort you get out of this guy. Three seconds, the differential between the game and shot clocks, late third quarter. The Bucks led by 12 at the half. Atlanta made a run in the third quarter. The Bucs have gotten back to 12. just great ball denial it's so good just that's such an old-fashioned way to play and Drew Holiday will be playing on Kyrie Irving Giannis will play against Kevin Durant I mean in terms of one for one matchups I don't even think anyone of the West you know has a, a better one than them it's just whether or not they can get it done in the playoffs we'll have to wait and see and I got one highlight from the Suns game Mikael Bridges just one of the steals of that draft a few years ago insane how far you fell skip past far side Paul slips it into the corner to Mikhail Bridges
0: Three-ball corner
1: pocket, yes. First ball clap. Just the uh, prototypical typical 3 and D player, something every team wants, and they have it now. And uh, as they've been building the team, he's just that one extra piece that I think kind of puts them over the top. And uh, those are some of the highlights from today's games.
0: Yes, yeah, Ben, short card on Thursday night, Friday, of course, has a full card. Let's quickly go over uh, some of the games we won't get into too much detail, but we'll give you uh, the card. The Pacers, I believe, they've played three games in four nights, something close to that. So on this little uh, trip that they have here, they'll travel to Utah to take on the Jazz tomorrow night. Utah, they've got the line out, nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, a battle of two teams that are at the bottom rung in the league. The Thunder take on the Pistons, no line posted yet there. The Clippers travel to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers tomorrow. That'll be an ESPN game tip at 4 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, Sixers on a back-to-back for, from tonight's uh, – not on a back-to-back. I'm sorry. They played the night before uh, on Wednesday Wednesday night against Brooklyn. So they'll be at home against the Clippers tomorrow night. Pelicans travel to Washington to take on the Wizards. New Orleans sitting as a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. If the Wizards are healthy, I'll be looking at the Wizards a little bit there at home. Hornets travel to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. Nets sitting as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite looking to have Durant. Back in the lineup tomorrow. Magic stay in state as the Raptors play their home games in Tampa. The Magic take on the Raptors tomorrow night. You mentioned it earlier, Spence. The Grizzlies travel to Chicago to take on the Bulls. Nuggets travel to Houston to take on the Rockets. The Heat are in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. Trailblazers in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. And the Mavericks are at home against the Knicks. That should be an interesting game. That's a late game on ESPN tomorrow night. And there's a line out there. Mavericks minus five. I may look to the Knicks again there, Spence. The Knicks are just a scrappy team, and they play really well as an underdog. So that will be tomorrow's Friday night action on the NBA hardwood. Spence, uh, let's transition over to the NFL. Uh, Before we do, if you miss any part of the rest stop live here on twitch.tv or on my Facebook page or uh, Twitter at Brad the Believer, make sure you check out any of the audio podcasting platforms, Spotify, Audio Boom, uh, Google Podcasts, search Landry Football Conference called the Rest Stop will be underneath there. We broadcast every Tuesday and Thursday, nine o'clock Pacific time. Spence, we we talked about it at the top. Less than a month away, NFL draft. Uh, I, I don't think it's. I think they're actually going to have a draft this year. Last year was virtual because of COVID nineteen. I think we're going to have a little bit of live action now, so it's exciting. We're starting to turn the corner. We're we're, we're trying to put COVID in the rearview mirror. It's not completely gone. It won't be completely gone, but we're starting to move towards what we think is a sense of normalcy in this country the nfl draft very exciting people are fired up it's going to be a good draft justin fields one of the top quarterback po- prospects out of ohio state had his second pro day today spence do we have anything from the pro day today
1: yeah absolutely it's just one of those he's one of the best passers in the uh, draft just in terms of pure accuracy and this is a great little display you'll be able to see it's kind of a small sliver but Reminds spent, me of our throw. <laughs> I, spent,
0: I was just going to say, this is the throw I was trying to make. So what, what do we need to do to get back out there so I can imitate this throw to a tee? Play it one more time. Yeah, gotta wait,
1: we got we to see our throw here. I see all no right. difference. Sp-
0: Spence, the next goal we got to do, we have to have a simulcast. We have to play the fields throw <laughs> all- side by side. So that oh, you got to work on that, okay? So let's see right. the fields throw again. Go, go. <laughs> all right, Spence, this is what I'm looking to do here. One more time, fields. Let's see.
1: Okay, let's see it.
0: All right, so uh, the rest stop's got to get the uh, the mobility down a little quicker. As Fields was a little quicker out of the pocket, uh, and but I, th- I think we could do this, Spence. I'm ready to make that throw. Uh, let's let's give the rest stop uh, combine one one more look here. Okay, let's take a look. Beautiful. I mean, Spence, I wasn't impressed by a lot for me except the throw. Once the throw gets in the air, we're talking a uh, masterpiece there. Uh, everything else in between and after I could do without, but once the ball was in the air, looked pretty solid. So uh, I'll have to redeem myself and try to get the uh, mobility and some of the other stuff down. But I'm ready, I would say, in the next couple of weeks or at least before the draft to get up, get up there and simulate that field throw again, and then we, maybe we could play it side by side. What do you think? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll have to judge our uh, vert- our verticals will have the time our forty speeds. And we'll, no, we'll see no, <laughs> no I'll,
0: I'll, I'll skip all that. I just want to throw. Come on, we'll skip we gotta. We'll skip I want the miserable. full breadth
1: of it. You know, we got <laughs> to know where we would stand against Justin Fields. I don't think I'll be running a four four four, unfortunately. But uh, we'll we'll see what I can get. We will see what kind of
0: numbers. Spence, give me a guess. I mean, I, we we ran the forty. Give me a guess on on your time.
1: I must be like a, like a nine point something. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, pretty. not that bad. <laughs> i have lying. no idea i've never timed my 40 before but i can't imagine it's in like uh the single digits it feels like
0: <laughs> no that's not true because i slowed it down uh in the time and, and it was uh, it wasn't single digits that's Absolutely. impressive
1: i' I'm, I'm happy with single digits i think that's where i'll, I'll kind of well, Spence, now
0: I have to ask you, you're going to have to pull the Rich Eisen 40 time. You know, Rich Eisen runs the 40 in his suit. Are network. we faster
1: than Rich Eisen? I guess that's the, if yes, we can be faster than him, question. you got to feel a little better about yourself.
0: That's the question. So I want you to, to, that's the homework for next show. Okay. Check out Rich Eisen in his 40 time on YouTube. And then uh, maybe we'll take a look at ours and then try to gauge just on the eye test who would win.
1: Well, we'll, I'm telling you, next time we're out there, I'm going to bring a little stopwatch of some sort, probably use my phone, and we'll see how fast we are. We'll see if we can can beat the pros (laughs) or maybe even like one offensive lineman in the draft. That'd be interesting, too.
0: That's very true. We'll, we'll, we'll have to follow that. Other than that, Justin Fields, uh, look, I, I think he's been getting a, a raw deal during this whole process. What the hell has he done to for his stock to draft drop as far as it has allegedly now that Mac Jones is apparently ahead of him in the top five? I'm not buying this. I think Justin Fields is uh, is the second best quarterback in this draft. I think he'll turn out to be that. When we talk about this draft in the next five to ten years, of course, he doesn't have a lot of history on his side. Given that the Ohio State quarterbacks that were before him have not panned out to be very good pros, I think Justin Fields is a little bit different. Spence, this guy was a top recruit out of high school. He he does a little bit of everything better than the guys in the past: Braxton Miller, J T Barrett. Uh, the list goes on. Dwayne Haskins. This guy certainly has a different type of commitment level and maturity than Dwayne Haskins. I can almost guarantee you that. So. I think we're going to see a little bit of difference in some of that mold broken from Ohio State quarterbacks that don't translate to the NFL.
1: Yeah, he just has two glaring weaknesses, and I think he needs to spend a year off. Like I don't think he should be playing in pro ball next year. He should be sitting behind somebody. He has zero pocket awareness, or not zero. It's probably a bit of an exaggeration. He just sometimes does not see the rush coming, and he'll get sacks because of it. He goes down very easily. Uh, The other problem he has is anticipation. He doesn't really... He is one of the most accurate passers in the draft. Mac Jones probably is number one because he had a 77% completion percentage. But we all know this guy can make throws at all three levels, but he needs to anticipate throws. He needs to throw them like a half second earlier. And those are, I don't think those are the worst problems in the world. Anticipation is very rare for a rookie to be able to get. That's what makes Trevor Lawrence so special, I suppose. Uh, so if he can learn like an offense, like especially like the 49ers, I think that I really do think it'd be a great place for him to go. Uh, then he could be a special quarterback. And I think also just in general, NFL, like we're learning to make offenses for college guys. What? Why do we need to run pro offenses? Like, what does that even mean? For so long, I think a lot of guys' careers failed because of that. If Lamar Jackson was just forced to be put into a shotgun type of everyday offense that you see from the rest of the league, he probably wouldn't even be in the league anymore. Instead, he wins an MVP. We need to focus more on people's strengths and use that when we draft players at certain spots.
0: Spence, if he doesn't go three to the San Francisco 49ers, I'm going to tell you a team that I think needs needs to, has to, and would be a great organizational move to move up to get Justin Fields, and that's the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears, if they move up and get Justin Fields, would rejuvenate the fan base, I think would be a great move. You could sit him for at least half the year behind Andy Dalton, see, see how the first half of the season goes. You've got some pieces – around him on the defensive side Uh, you have Cole Komet who played at Notre Dame the tight end Uh, Alan Robinson Anthony Miller I know you want to add some more guys possibly in the draft which you have a lot of nice receivers in this draft I think the Bears should make a move for Justin Fields if he doesn't go number three Uh,
1: if if they don't depend on him to be the starter day one that that might be a good uh, place for him to be Uh, it's kind of tough I mean do the Lions you know, try to ruin his career as fast as possible by drafting him, or do they truly go offense? I think they're going to draft Devontae Smith. That's just personally me. But, you know, I can't imagine Jared Goff they view as their long-term solution. He can go in a myriad of places. It's, his his career is teetering for me because he needs to be in the right situation to succeed, and you hope he gets put in one.
0: Spence, let's stick it with the NFL. And briefly, I want to talk about the signing today. Jadavion Clowney goes – to the Cleveland Browns, a lot of people talking about they love this deal. I don't. I don't think it moves the needle for me. Spence Jadavion Clowney in the last three to four years has not been the type of impact player that a lot of people would hope for. And I know some people think situationally. That playing alongside Miles Garrett, now all of a sudden he's going to come back and have nine or 10 sacks. I'm not buying it, Spence. I think it does nothing. I don't think it's a big deal. I think his name recognition is what moves the needle in this conversation. I think from a production standpoint, nothing impresses me about Jadavion Clowney at this point in his career. And I don't think he comes in and dominates uh, with Cleveland. Now, we had a couple highlights and, and, and nice uh, situational plays when he's with Seattle. Last year, he did nothing with Tennessee. And I don't expect him to all of a sudden have a resurgence. Spence, I mean, what do you think? A lot of people love this move by Cleveland.
1: Yeah, he had zero sacks last year in six games. Not a great sign. Uh, On top of that, he's never had a double-digit sack season ever in his career. So he's never really been uber productive. Of course, everything can change when you're playing opposite of one of the best defensive ends in the league. You know, theoretically, that helps you because there's going to be more double teams on that side. He's still effective in the run game, which is maybe why they picked him up anyways. It wasn't a lot of money. This isn't like a a game-changing deal or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, if they have the money, why not? He's one of the best, I guess, edge rushers still available on the market. I really can't think of anyone else. It's just decent.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people on Sports Talk Radio today are, are just clamoring for the Browns, that they're ready to make a run. At a deep playoff run. Look, they, I'll give them credit. They overachieved last year. They beat the Steelers in the playoffs and they hung tooth and nail with the Chiefs in their next round game. I, I don't think the AFC is going to regress as a whole. And look, I've got to see more from Cleveland. You've had one flash in the pan in four decades. Uh, let's see the consistency. Let's put Kevin Stefanski. Andrew Barry, the general manager to the test, the rest of this coaching staff and lineup, we are still talking about the Cleveland Browns, Spence. So until they are able to build some consist- consistency in that organization on a day-in and day-out basis, and they come ready to play, win that division. Remember, they did not win the division last year. That's goal number one. Let's see them win the AFC North and then uh, possibly have a couple home playoff games and do some damage there. Until that happens... I'm not buying it. So we'll see if the Browns can win the division, number one, and then make some moves from there. If they get into the playoffs as a wild card again, okay, let's see what they can do. But goal number one to make that next step is winning the division. So we'll see if the Browns have enough juice to do that in in this next season. Spence, I know you wanted to hit some of the top NBA players under 25. Do we have enough time? Do you want to get into that conversation now, or should we save it for next week?
1: Uh, it depends. I mean, we can still talk about LaMarcus Aldridge and A-Rod if you want, but I can pull up my article right now if you want.
0: Uh, uh, let, yeah, let's briefly talk about LaMarcus Aldridge, Spence. Uh, he calls it a career today. LaMar- LaMarcus Aldridge just signed by the Brooklyn Nets uh, less than two weeks ago, calling it a career. He apparently had an irregular heartbeat um, that was detected in, with talking with the doctors and his family. Uh, is going to call out a career, Spence. What do you know about this story? And Lamarcus is Lamarcus Aldridge is a regular heartbeat. How was this detected? Did, did this come out of nowhere? I mean, this guy was looking to make an impact on this Brooklyn team come playoff time, and now they're going to have to do it without him.
1: Yeah, it's really sad. I don't really even know the full details, but those kinds of things uh, they just happen and. I mean, obviously, like, we, everyone loves the game of basketball, but it's not worth your life, of course. And he's made a, a very nice living throughout his career. Sad. I actually enjoyed watching him. I have a few highlights I guess I'll show real quick. I don't, I don't know if we show all of them, but, you know, just kind of look back and remember like, this guy used to be actually dominant in the NBA.
0: Second field goal. Aldridge swings in. Oh, he is. oh, boy. And he does. <laughs> Marcus Aldridge. One hand right over Beasley. What a pass and what a finish. Adolf, Aldridge able to grab it. Nice. San Antonio, the playoffs started tonight. These guys, McCollum and Damian Rose, here. Oh! Oh! Wow. Yeah, just
1: a, just a game difference uh, or a difference maker. Not as much in his old days. And you could even say like during San Antonio, maybe he wasn't utilized right probably wasn't the best signing for him at that point in his career but we can always appreciate what he did with the Portland Blazers. it was a special time
0: Spence this guy's multiple time all-star and was an impact player in Portland had a couple good years with San Antonio very solid career from LaMarcus Aldridge this guy uh w- was a force and somebody that had to be reckoned with on the offensive side of the ball you you had to account for LaMarcus Aldridge when he was in the lineup in his prime so it's unfortunate to see him go out this way Uh, hopefully everything is okay with his health, but he had a fantastic career. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know if I'd go that far, but he certainly had a fantastic, fantastic, solid career, multiple-time All-Star for Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, Spence, definitely I want to keep in the bag for next week, uh, the conversation with the top 25 under 25. I, I certainly think that deserves a lot more time than we have left for tonight. So let's finish it off like what we talked about. Alex Rodriguez, new partial owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves uh what do you think about this move did this kind of come out of nowhere i didn't know a-rod was a basketball guy i didn't know he had interest in becoming an owner uh, of a basketball team but now he's in the game and, and what does this mean for the timberwolves future and what does this mean for a-rod
1: it's interesting uh i don't know i actually found out that him and uh whoever he's dating i'm sorry i'm so bad with celebrities but they, yeah they weren't i didn't know they weren't married they were just engaged so it's actually not going to be any messy financial stuff which i think is really nice and very smart of both of them because who knows how much money each of them have separately. I'm sure they don't even know. Uh, but anyways, like when you break up with someone, like you're able to make moves like this financially because otherwise your money's going everywhere. Uh, I don't know if it signals that they're moving. Uh, I don't, how big is the Minnesota Timberwolves fan base? I don't know. I'm sure, you know, people who live in Minnesota will be upset, but if they were to go to somewhere like Seattle or even Vegas, I don't think that's a horrible move for them. They're starting to churn over. Like, I like D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Anthony Edwards, but clearly the guy has flashed quite a bit of talent on some level. And then Carl Anthony Towns is just one of the best centers, period. Maybe a fresh city and a new kind of office for them because got their new coach is awful too. And I don't know. Uh, Yeah, it's just decent to me.
0: Spence, you mentioned Anthony Edwards. He was asked by reporters uh, the day after the – announcement of A-Rod being partial owner if Anthony Edwards was a fan of Alex Rodriguez growing up. And uh I think, paraphrasing Anthony Edwards, he say, uh, who'd that be? Uh Not knowledgeable about A-Rod, doesn't know about A-Rod claiming uh, Anthony Edwards' top overall pick this past draft class by the T-Wolves. Uh, not a baseball fan and is not familiar with A-Rod. So you have that going for him. Uh, going into the new ownership so Alex Rodriguez in the game of basketball now and Spence that'll wrap up tonight's show another good one Thursday night if you missed any part of the show live make sure you check out the podcast version of the show Landry football conference call the rest stop will be underneath there give a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel Brad the Believer and of course support us on www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football for the shows live every Tuesday and Thursday 9 to 10 o'clock pacific time for spencer the whiz i'm brad the believer we'll see you back here live nine o'clock pacific time on tuesday have a great weekend and have a judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's
1: the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy